U.S. dairy organizations, along with some elected officials, trade officials, and ag leaders, expressed disappointment over the recent decision by the USMCA dispute panel in the challenge against Canada's dairy trade quotas. The U.S. charged that the quotas don't line up with the U.S.-Mexico-Canada Trade Agreement, or the USMCA. So last year, a USMCA panel ruled with the U.S. However, Executive Vice President for Policy Development and Strategy for the National Milk Producers Federation and the U.S. Dairy Export Council, Jaime Castaneda, says that case did not solve the problem. In a case this year with a decision that came down on November 24th, the USMCA panel ruled with Canada. Jaime Castaneda joins me on the phone this week. I'm Sabrina Halverson, and this is the Agnet Weekly. I wanted to talk today about the decision that was made about Canada's dairy quotas, and it was not the decision that the U.S. dairy industry was hoping for. Basically, the ruling this time went to Canada. Can you just tell my listeners a little bit about the ruling and how it came about? Yeah, sure. Um, so, as most of your uh, folks in the dairy world and even agriculture in general know that Canada, the, the government kind of has a sort of a, a two-phase when it comes to trade. It has, uh, when it's talking about grains and, and livestock, uh, cattle, they're very pro-export and free traders. But when it comes to dairy, it's the most protectionist country in the world. So dairy has supply management in Canada, um, and it is very difficult to try to get them to open their markets. So when we ne- renegotiated USMCA, uh, the previous administration, uh, the dairy industry was very strong about a, making sure that whatever Canada was going to give us, it was going to be a real, true market access. Time passed, and the little that the previous administration negotiated, which, again, is we're not talking about uh, an open, free market like most of our free trade agreements are. If you look at all our free trade agreements, it, it, sometimes it would take several years, but at the end of the day, we would actually have free trade, so open markets. With Canada, the negotiations uh, would allow only a close to less than 3% of the Canadian market access, and it was very, with a lot of whistles and bells that actually you cannot do this and you cannot do that and so on. But one thing that actually everybody understood was that uh, what it was given, we were going to be able to ship into Canada. And you move forward to now when Canada implemented USMCA, they gave the entire quota, the new quota, the small amount that actually we would actually have access to, they gave it to the processors. And obviously... Uh, this is like giving the chicken house uh, to be protected by the fox, right? It, it is actually they're gonna they're gonna import whatever they 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 want. They're not gonna import anything that they compete against. So all all the high value products that we could actually be selling to retail and so on, they were not gonna. So most of the quotas were never filled. So the United States complained and brought a case into Canada. Uh, within the USMCA, and we won the first case. The problem was that the first case didn't go far enough to basically 
argue that Canada had to actually truly open their market and allow for a number of different players in Canada to where to be able to actually import, like retailers, food distributors, uh, restaurants, uh, pizza chains, and so on. Anyway, so that wasn't so that's why even though we won the first case, Canada makes make minor changes and the United States decided that that wasn't enough and they brought this second case. We honestly believe that we were going to have a, a wide win here. It was so clear that Canada was uh, inconsistent with their obligations. But this is why it is so uh, complex and appalling that um, that the that the panel would rule in favor of the country that it is failing to fulfill their commitment. Uh, you know, and that was one of my biggest questions: is how do you think they came to this decision? It it seemed like there were some facts in this case that were pretty clear. There are trade agreements that are made for a reason, and from what I understand, Canada was not following what they were supposed to be doing in the agreement that they had. How can a decision like this come about, do you think? Um, well, uh, <laughs> it, is, it is a great question. And I wish, actually, we would have um, one of the lawyers uh, that decided against the United States in, in your program so we can debate. Mm. But the lawyer would actually say, well, what happened is that you didn't specify that uh, retailers and food distributors and, and, and have to be part of, of the inclusion of, you know, it's one of those things that you expect that you don't need to clarify that when you're basically saying, if you look at the text and it says that all members of the food uh, sector should be allowed to actually participate. That's what the text says. But it, does, it didn't say, and that includes retailers, food distributors, uh, restaurants, and so on. So the lawyer would tell you that, hey, you didn't specify, therefore, I have to side with the, with the criminal, right? With the, with the, the one that it is. It's, it's like when you, <laughs> I don't know, if you ever see Law and Order or any of those uh, law uh, TV series in which, I mean, the criminal gets uh, off by a technicality, that something wasn't followed through, even though everybody knew that he committed a crime. It, that's the case here. Everybody knows that Canada is playing a game. Everybody knows that they are actually uh, not fulfilling their commitment. And the judge, in this case, the panel, two of them at least, ruled that that was okay. You know, I also wish I had one of the lawyers on so you guys could debate on the show. And I might just see if I can work that out because I would love to sit back and, and listen to you two. <laughs> um, <laughs> so where does this put it to U.S. dairy producers now? What, what's the most important thing that they need to know now? Uh, I think that, let me put it in perspective. I think that the market that we obtain, even though, uh, very, very, very small, 
was actually very important from the significance that was going to be to demonstrate the Canadians, the Canadian consumer, uh, the ones that actually are traveling during Canada's winter to all the United States, you go to Florida, Arizona, anywhere, you full of Canadians. So they know what, that they can actually have uh, a number of different products here in the United States that they cannot have in Canada. I think that, again, we were not talking about huge quantities, but we were talking about the ability for uh, certain uh, key manufacturers of cheese and key uh, producers of fluid milk or, or yogurt to be able to actually sell directly to their customers like the Walmarts and Costco's of the world uh, or even the pizza chain. And, and I think that from the perspective of being able to actually finally go into Canada, into the Canadian market, allow the Canadians to actually not only buy those products here in the United States, but buy them in, in, in Canada, I think that that has the, the greatest significance, not because of the huge volume, because there was not a huge volume, but the, the significance, the symbolic significance that was actually to get into, into the Canadian market. The other part that is extremely important for the farmers and, and the manufacturers, but the farmers, is that we, we keep telling them to have faith in, in the enforcement of trade. And, and for this panel to make this type of decision very disturbing. It's, it's, it actually uh, has a lot of consequences on the trust of this this type of panel, in which they're going to side on the side of, of, of again, <laughs> the one that is doing the wrong thing just because of technicality. I like that you pointed out also that this does affect Canadians as well. If they come to the U.S. and are traveling through here, there are things that they can get that they won't be able to get when they're back home because of this decision as well. So it's not just us that it's affecting. Is there anything else that you think that our our listeners need to know about this? Sure, that uh, certainly um, the National Milk Producers in the U.S. Area Expert Council is, are going to work closely with the U.S. government and Congress to ensure that uh, Canada doesn't get away with this type of action. Because it is not only the fact that they're not allowing us to fulfill the, the market access that they offer during the USMCA negotiations. But not only that, but if you understand the concept of supply management, which is to limit your supply so you, your farmers can have high prices, much, much higher than the United States, then you're not supposed to be exporting any product because you're supposed to actually control how much you're, you're, you're supplying, and that's why you're, you're controlling your imports. Canada not only is not allowing us to actually export our products into Canada, what was negotiated, but they're dumping their excess protein. So when you have milk and you need the cream, so the fat, then you separate the cream and what you have left is uh, 
protein, which is great, is, is valuable. And but then, if you don't need it in your country, then you do something that is called milk protein concentrate, and you dump it into the United States or dump it into the world. So we are aware that Canada is doing this, and we also are bringing it to the attention of the United States. So not only the issue of market access, but the issue that they're dumping milk. So this this is uh, very serious, and we're not going to stop until we certainly um, see some action by the U.S. government that um, impacts what Canada is doing. And then that would be my last question is, is there a next step that, that you can take? Well, there is, there is a, a, a number of different uh, options, and I would say that I actually not, I'm not in, in the position right now because it, it would be something that would require a lot of conversations with the U.S. government and, and lawyers and so on, so, and members of Congress uh, to, to determine what, what the next steps are. But I, I can assure you that um, as soon as actually we know something, we can, we can share with you and your audience uh, but we're going to be talking closely with the government. That sounds good. So we will we will watch for more and see what happens next then. Right. Absolutely. All right. Well, I want to thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Sure. Anytime, Sabrina. Thank you once again to Jaime Castaneda for that conversation. This has been the Agnet Weekly. I'm Sabrina Halverson. Thanks for tuning in.